It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, folks, I don't know how you feel, but I'm kind of weary of what we're facing here in America. And you can't escape it. And then the crime and the trials in court. Was it murder or was it whatever? It's a mess. And when I was thinking about what do we want to cover on the complete story, I thought, well, as a Christian radio network, we approach life from that perspective. We approach the turmoil of life from the standpoint of what does God's word say and how far away have we gotten? There's so much evil and confusion afoot today. And I was reminded of Proverbs 14:34, righteousness exalts a nation, but now, sin is a reproach to any people. Listen to me for a moment, folks. Here you have uh, this little 16-year-old girl who was raising a knife in order to kill the girl of 16 also that she was fighting with. And she had already knocked another girl down onto the ground. So she was in a rage, and she didn't have a gun. She had a knife. What was in that 16-year-old girl's heart and in her mind, and who raised her? Now, the policeman saw this from a bit of a distance, and his job is to stop what he believes is the murder of this victim. To serve and to protect. Well, uh, then when he does use his gun to stop what is obviously going to be a murder by a knife, As he is approaching the problem, I wonder who is that little 16-year-old girl? Or the other two? Where were they raised? Um, How were they brought up? What were they taught to think about anything when they were four and five and six years old? Then I find that the girl who was shot, who was about to knife and kill her other little girlfriend, or I don't know if she was a friend or not, but they sure were mad at each other at that moment, was a child of foster care. Now, if you know anything about foster care, you know that a kid, a little kid, is shuffled from one home to the next to the next many times into families or into situations that are not always friendly. And they never know how long they're going to be there. So it's a mess. And as we take God out of our society and we do not allow his name to even be mentioned in a school classroom, the mess that some of these kids get into, and then they grow up to be adults. And when they grow up to be adults, for heaven's sake, then what do we do? Uh, We say, well, he was a bad guy, we gotta kill him, or we have to put him in prison. Yeah, it's that evil that's rampant in our culture today. So you have a lot on your heart today. I do have a lot on my heart, a lot of turmoil, and I wanna discuss it with our listeners. But I want to tell you this, folks. Let's start out listening to this song and ponder it as it is sung. Here it is.
History has tested our faith. Wars, atrocities, injustices, and natural disasters have, over the centuries, made believers wonder if there is a God, and if so, where is He when we suffer? But nothing has tested our faith so much as the human mind itself, that both naturally needs to worship the God of awesome creativity and unfathomable order, but at the same time tries to reduce this majesty into someone we can control a God created in our image. Thankfully, the God who created our intelligence in the first place doesn't shrivel when we use our minds to question His existence. He holds us until we cease our struggling and finally surrender to His embrace. nothing to do with the color of your skin, does it? It has everything to do with who you are and probably the way you were brought up and taught. You see, in a, when a kid is a youngster, he learns then how to tie his shoes. He learns how to speak a language. He learns how to interpret environment around him. He learns a lot of things. And I'll tell you what, a lot of it today is not good. At best, it's nothing. And then the child has to do the best they can. Rich, Vody Bauckham, he's, he's a good man. We love to hear him speak. We've met him several times. He's a Dallas preacher. but He's a, he's I, a wonderful preacher say, of the gospel that well, happens he, to be African American. There you are. I heard him speak about race. And I want our listeners to just turn their radio up and listen to what Vody Bauckham now, he's a, I think he's in the hospital right now. Yes, he's had some serious heart issues. Yes, but God knows he has a good heart. Yes. <laughs> in the old body, of course, that's kind of like an old car that just doesn't want to run well anymore. I know a lot about that. Listen to what Vody Bauckham said about race. Just two things here that are incredibly important. One is it identifies the distinctions that matter and secondly, it identifies the division that exists. Now, these distinctions that matter are important because oftentimes we talk about distinctions and we talk about being distinct from one another in terms of our race. Race is actually a social construct. The concept of race is not a biblical concept. It's not a biblical idea. It is a constructed idea. You won't find the idea of races in the Bible unless you find it in the proper historical context where we see, number one, that we are all the race of Adam. Amen? One race, one blood. We are all the race of Adam. 
There is less than a 0.2% genetic difference between any of us in this regard. In fact, we're not even different colors. Amen. Technically, from a genetic perspective, from a biochemistry perspective, we're all actually the same color. Our color comes from our melanin. We've all got melanin just to differing degrees. So it's not that some of us are, you know, this color, some of us are that color, some of us, no, we're just different shades of the same color. Some of us just have more melanin than others, and I want you to, listen to me on this, listen to me. Just because you don't have as much melanin as I do, don't you dare think God doesn't love you as much as he loves me because he gave me more. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's Bodie Baca, folks. Amen. Oh, yes. And, and he knows. He knows what he's trying to get across to the people. And um, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said that he prayed for the day when his little children— Think about that little 16-year-old girl who was trying to knife her friend. But Dr. Gr Dr. Martin Luther King said to pray when children will be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Right. There's so many Rich, forces. Can we pray that God will judge, that we will judge people, adult people, men and women, by the content of their character? and not the color of their skin. Absolutely. I'm, I'm saying in our churches. Yeah, and there's so many forces uh, trying to bring division today, and we are all one at the foot of the cross. Now here is Tony Evans, and Bot Radio Network has carried Tony's program for how many years? Many years. I, I don't know the number. Many, well, since I, the 1980s. Well, yeah, since the 80s. His wife's name was Lois. She served on the board of directors of National Religious Broadcasters with us, and she's gone home to be with the Lord now. None of this is of concern to her. She has finished her course, but she, she left Tony, and his ministry, his pastoring at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, which is a suburb of Dallas in Oak Cliff. Now, where he is ministering, and loves people of his own color and trying to help them. This is what he said on the issues that face us today. Listen to this, folks. Hello, friends. Before we get into today's worship service, it would be remiss of me not to share my heart about the recent events that have affected us all. The loss, the precious loss of a life, that of George Floyd has just ripped at my heart and at the heart of a nation. To see his life snuffed out the way it was is somewhat overwhelming and it's piercing. But it's not a singular individual situation. There's life after life after life uh, over years that have been unjustly and unrighteously taken, endemic of a problem that really needs deep fixing. You know, we're in a medical pandemic right now. Simultaneously, we're in a cultural pandemic because we're seeing the devolution of our society. And we're in a cultural pandemic because we're in a spiritual pandemic. We have wandered away from a, a value system that was 
established by God for how human beings were to live and act and relate to one another. Across racial and class lines, we have come up with our own standards and it has not done us good. It is absolutely needed right now that there needs to be a reset. And this is the time to do it when it has everyone's attention at the very same time. The Bible is clear. In Psalm 89, verse 14, it says, from God's throne comes righteousness and justice. And this is not a, a seesaw where sometimes you go for righteousness and sometimes you go for justice. These are twin towers. These are twins. They're always to be balanced side by side. Righteousness is the moral standard of right and wrong to which God holds men accountable based on his divine standard. Justice is the equitable and impartial application of God's moral law in society. And God wants both. Yes, he wants to protect the life of the unborn in the womb, but he wants to see justice of the life once born to the tomb. In other words, God wants a whole life agenda, not a term agenda. But unfortunately, all lives aren't valued the same way. And they ought to be because every person is created in the image of Almighty God. It is now time on a personal level and a systemic level that we reverse the course of history that has brought us to this point and that we reverse it on all levels. God has four levels in which life is to be lived, and therefore there are four levels in which changes need to be made. I call it, and we call it, the kingdom agenda, the visible manifestation of the comprehensive rule of God over every area of life. It starts with an individual. It starts with you. Don't try to change the nation if God can't even change your heart. In other words, we have to develop a heart that cares for our fellow man because they're created in the image of God, not because they look like us or have what we have, but because they have the stamp of divine creation on them. And that means that you have the responsibility to reach out to somebody different than you. Let them understand where you came from, where you come from, uh, the things that have influenced your perspective, hear from them and give them an audience and then both of you find out what God has to say about the matter so that he can keep everybody straight. And then there's your family. We must be transferring values to our children. Don't expect them to think differently and act differently if they aren't hearing differently from their parents, if they're not getting a, a righteous value system. Of, of judging people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. It means you connect with other families who may be different than you, and you not only get to know them, but guess what you do? As families together, you go serve another family that's worse off than you. Because guess where reconciliation happens? It doesn't happen in seminars. That's information. Reconciliation happens in service. So as an individual and as a family, with another family different than you, serve somebody worse off than you, and now you are part of the solution through good works that God calls us all to do. And then the church. 
the biggest problem in the culture today is the church because the church has failed. We wouldn't even have a racial crisis in America if the church had not failed to deal with this sin like God calls it in his word. But because it passed it off, ignored it, and even promoted it, we still have this division in our culture. So don't expect God to fix the White House if he can't even change the church house. Churches don't just get together for joint worship services. That's that's great. That has its that has its benefits. But it also addresses the issue of inequity, whether it's racial inequity or economic inequity or healthcare inequity or opportunity inequity. It 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 recognizes the systems that are at work that work against the fair treatment of people, creating the opportunity for them to take advantage of all that God has blessed us with in this nation. But they do it in such a way where people are held accountable to be responsible for their decision-making. And then it speaks to the culture at large. It speaks not, first of all, from a political platform. It speaks, first of all, from a bibliocentric platform. Since God doesn't ride the backs of donkeys or elephants, the church must speak with one voice because we have one God, one Lord Jesus Christ, and one inerrant word to speak from. And yes, we should protest evil in a righteous way. We should let our voices be heard, but then we must act. Because if we don't act, all we did was have a speech. We must implement righteous principles, modeling it through the church so we can see what it looks like in the broader society. And then finally, we must challenge our civil leaders on all levels of government to be agents of healing and not division to speak in such a way where unity is reinforced and not divisiveness, that the words that come out of their mouth and the way they say the words that come out of their mouth must be words of strength and kindness, not vitriol and meanness. And when those four areas, the individual, the family, the church, and the community, begin to operate that way based on God's standard, then he can feel comfortable to get back in the midst of us and make us repairers of the breach and healers of the land. And so this starts off with prayer. And I don't just mean say, God help us, no. I'm talking about where we repent of where we fail to do what he says do the way he says do it where we realign ourselves under his authority while pursuing a relationship with him where his word can overrule our ideas, perspectives, and agendas. And then he will listen to your prayers because you're praying like he wants you to pray, not like you want to pray. When that kind of prayer goes up with that kind of action supporting it, ah, now, now we're ready to see what he will do in healing our land. Because until we take seriously his word and its application in all the categories of our lives, we won't see what he can do in turning this mess into a healing miracle, the miracle we all long for. So what should we do now? First of all, as an individual, you should 
And I encourage you to righteously protest unrighteousness, wherever you find it. To do so with truth, to do so with love, but to do so with clarity. But then act. Be part of the solution, not just part of the complaint. Build a bridge with somebody different than you. And then the two of you together go help somebody worse off than the two of you. Because now you're part of the solution and not just somebody complaining about the problem. Then as families, uh, I'm a father. I've had to have the talk with my sons and grandsons about what happens when a policeman pulls you over and you go the extra mile because you don't know where this policeman is coming from in their perspective. Uh, but then you teach your children principles of character. You develop their character to judge people rightly by their character and not their color. But then you connect with other families different than yours in color, in class, and together, then you go minister to somebody else worse off than your family. It's a single parent family that's hurting, a family that's lost its job. You do it together because the best way to reconcile is through service, not just through having discussions and seminars. And then as churches, I'm a pastor. A lot of this falls because the church has failed. We have been bifurcated illegitimately. We have let race overrule God's rule in our lives and in our decision-making. And it is time now for the church to be what the head of the church, Jesus Christ, called it to be, the repairer of the breach in our culture. And that must mean that we not just stand up against personal sins, but corporate sins and systemic sins. And that voice must be heard. We shouldn't pick and choose. And it should be one voice where God has spoken and has not stuttered. It should not be an uncertain sound coming from the church when we have a certain sound coming from our master. And if churches would come together in communities all over the country as one church with different expressions, with unity of purpose, not uniformity of persons, where you adopt all the public schools in your community and minister to the at-risk schools or where every church adopts a homeless family so that homelessness is eradicated, which it could be overnight if every church did it. So we become the solvers of the problem so people would now be willing to listen to our sermons and songs because they see our impact. And yes, that means addressing the structures in our society that perpetuate evil. Righteous protest collectively is absolutely biblical. That's why Paul protested in Acts chapter 16, the last five verses, when he was arrested unrighteously. And he complained both biblically and civilly that that was illegal. We must take our stand, but we must not only take it in speech, but in action that gets visible to our verbal. And then our civic leaders. We need to challenge them from the State House to the House of Congress to the White House to act and speak civilly, that their language must be healing words, not hurting words, unifying words, not divisive language. They must be spoken to, complimented for their strengths, but condemned 
for their failures. And then we must challenge them since they influence the systems of the land to make sure those systems are operating righteously and with equity for all and not just for a privileged few. When we begin to act like that on all four levels, then we'll see God do some amazing things because he can be at home in the creation that he made. That was uh, Dr. Tony Evans of the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church what in a Dallas, great, Texas. What a great word for today. What a great word for today. And Tony has lived a life in his childhood and growing up uh, that is different than mine. But I'll tell you this, he loves the Lord. And he has given his life to serving the Lord by helping people. I liked what he said about the twin towers of righteousness and justice. They go together. I uh, tell you what, uh, folks, um, how about uh, how about a listener comment? Sure. Well, let me say this. Our listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. Here's a, a listener from Wichita. This is Mary of Wichita, Kansas, and I have listened about radio for years. I don't know how many. Um, it's the only station I ever listen to. I tell tons of people about bot radio, and I can't pick a favorite because they're all my favorite. There's not a bad apple in the whole bunch. God bless. <laughs> uh, God bless you, Mary, and thank you for telling others about hey, Bot like Radio her. Network. I do, too. That, uh, that's the way most people about hear about Christian quickly. Radio, because a friend took the time to tell them. Let's that? listen to this one. Oh, God bless you. Thank you. Uh, we listen to Bot Radio Network, and we love John MacArthur and all the preachers on the radio. Thank you for being there. Thank you. And, Rich, I can't leave without one more. Oh, one more. Hi, my name is Priscilla. I listen to about half a day and in the night, too. And then one night I couldn't sleep. I got up and I turned on the radio, and I really enjoyed it. And I thank you that you have somebody can wake up and have something to listen to and enjoy it very much. So thank you, and have a great day, and be blessed. Thank you, Priscilla. Bye. God bless you, well, dear our, lady. Uh, our time is gone now. This is Dick Butt. Uh, with my son, Rich, with this chapter, The Complete Story, as a public service for everybody in our audience. See you later.